This is episode 98 of the 200 Churches Podcast. How many failures are required for success? Oh, man. And the question for you is, how many failures can you handle before you're able to succeed? Some successes require a good amount of failures in the front end. And if you can't handle that many failures, you'll never be around for that success. Thank you for listening to the 200 Churches Podcast, which is all about pastors of small churches. If you are a small church pastor or leader, this podcast is for you. Each and every Wednesday, we deliver another episode specifically designed to bring ministry encouragement to pastors of small churches. Now here are two guys who serve and lead in a 200 church. The Cheech and Chong of Ministry Podcast, Jeff and Johnny. Welcome to the 200 Churches Podcast. My name is Jeff Cady, and I am here with my good friend, colleague, and podcast partner, Johnny Craig. Johnny, it is good to be here today in the offices yes. of the 200 Churches Ministry in the world headquarters. You and I are together <laughs> on a weekday. I love that this is now the world headquarters. <laughs> For the first time in six weeks. Yeah. We have not been together in the office for six weeks. On, on a weekday. On a weekday. That, uh, on a work day. It's awful. And I said this in a in a one of the podcast intros that I had to do without you. It's awful being with me today, isn't it? That's what I'm talking about, yeah. Yeah. No, I said it in one yeah, of those intros. It's, the, the solo pastor grind is hard, man. How many times have I said I think that, this makes the third time that I'm bringing this up, but I feel for the solo pastor. And our hats come off to you. Yeah. Who are solo pastors? Yeah, hundred percent. You guys have a. I got a lot of respect for you. You know, unless you're wired, where that is helping you. Like if you hate other people, no, sure. Come on now, don't make it like that. Come on, we're supposed to be encouraging. <laughs> I'm, I'm saying, these I, men and women. I'm saying they're probably not like that. Is what I'm saying. <laughs> no, there's some guy nodding yeah. like happily in his office <laughs> <Yeah>. somewhere. <laughs> He's he like, loves yeah, his office. I, I hate love those my people. <laughs> Well, uh, we're just glad that you can join us today and glad that we can be together today on a Monday yeah. and uh, sharing this time with you. And we had to squeeze in this podcast episode amongst all the other very important and perfunctory tasks that we Ooh. had to accomplish today. I think important and perfunctory are somewhat opposite, though. I know, they? but that way I cover everything. I, so it's like all it's like when we say tithes and offerings. Tithes and offerings. Yeah. Well, we hope if they don't tithe, they'll at least give an offering. Anything under that 10% threshold. We'll still take that. But... <laughs> No. Jeff, for some, some people have been listening for the last couple of weeks, and they've been getting updates about Doug. Tell what's going on with Doug, man. Doug is home right now. Hallelujah! He's across the lane from us yeah. right now, and uh, Doug is doing really well. We we have two weeks left, so today is December first. Yeah, we have got through December eleventh with outpatient therapy in Lincoln, Nebraska. Wow! Tonight, after our churches, wait for it, wait for it. After our church's annual business meeting. Oh, I can't wait. When you say it, I get goosebumps <laughs> in anticipation. <laughs> oh, I'm not even going to go there. <laughs> After our annual meeting, uh, Doug and I are leaving to go back down to Lincoln. Yeah. And we're just going to stay there until December 11th, and we're going to come back. And he will be done with his outpatient therapy. That's incredible. He will be done with basically his you know official doctor-type, therapist-type therapy. 
and he's going to be home, and then we have to chart the path from there. Right. You know, he's missed a whole semester of college, mm-hmm. uh, which is not really enjoyable. Right. Uh, but he's around to think about it, and that's uh, that's you know that's great. Thinking about thinking about we recorded, and it got it went to the trash heap somewhere. It doesn't exist, but we recorded on your phone driving from Orange City to Sioux City, and he was unconscious. Like you know, we right. That was the week that you kind of released that special episode update. Yep, yep. What was going on? And I remember driving, and and we were talking in the car, and just wondering what what is this going to feel like? In, and I thought in six or seven weeks, because I was marking time coming up to that hundredth episode. This is ninety eight. Yeah, we're coming up on a hundred, and I thought that's in seven weeks. Where are we going to be in seven weeks? I remember having that thought. And if I could have seen this, I think I would have been. I'd have been praising God so much. So this is—it's incredible to see Doug up and around. We were talking to him today. He was joking around with us in the office, and yeah, for all of you who prayed, I know. I mean, Jeff has talked to me so many times about how much it means, and yeah. So it's great news for all of us who love you, Jeff, uh, to hear that Doug is doing. Thank you, thank you, and and some of you listening have had in your family or maybe in your own life uh, a traumatic brain injury. Um, The the TBI club. Yeah, you know we don't. Nobody really wants to join that club. No, and it's amazing how the brain works, and it's amazing to watch recovery in what they've termed as a best case scenario. It's still really interesting to see how awareness and 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 thought processes work mm-hmm. and return after somebody's been in a coma for for a number of days. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, we're just we're very thankful, very thankful. And through this process of him getting better, as his family, we were in the room with him from the start yeah. all the way even until now. There's been very little time where one of his family members has not been with him. And uh, one of the things we were very fearful of, that I was very fearful of, as I watched the doctors and nurses and the different people dealing with him, I was very afraid of failure. In, in other words, his body was doing stuff there to get better. You know, we didn't always know what that was, but in hindsight now we know that. But one of the things I was afraid of was one of the doctors failing, failing in a diagnosis or in a treatment. One of the nurses may be failing to see something that was going on sure. that should have been noticed. One of the technicians coming in failing to put the settings on the machines just right to give them either enough oxygen or too little or too much. I mean, we were there as a fail-safe, as family. We did not want failure to happen in some way that was completely disconnected from his accident or his injury that would further endanger him or further hurt him. And, you know, we we were talking about this earlier, Johnny. In ministry, it's really got to be just the opposite. If we are afraid of failure, and if we think that we've got to be standing around our ministry constantly on guard, just just waiting in case something gets dropped or somebody falls, and we're going to you know jump to grab it, yeah, we're never going to get anywhere. So today we wanted to talk about what failure, failure, yeah, right? talking about failure and the positive side of failure. You know, it's funny you're talking about that being there as a fail safe for the doctors and nurses. Uh, but as Doug got better, I remember you you putting up a video of him dribbling a basketball. Doug, uh, Jeff's son, loves basketball. I mean, lives and breathes and loves it. Uh, played basketball in high school and college. And, and you put up this video of him dribbling, and then you kind of said he took some shots, 
and like his three pointer straight air ball, like oh, he yeah, didn't hit yeah. anything. His really short range shots. Those first shots were complete air balls. Yeah, that's a that's good failure in some way though, because he's trying. You know right. what I'm saying? Like, yeah, he's failing, but like he's up and he's dribbling and he's shooting the ball. Like, please fail some more. You know? Because <laughs> well, they say you'll miss a hundred percent of the shots that you don't take. Yeah, exactly. And so there there is this positive side of failure that we want to talk about today because I think Jeff and I both we are fearful that maybe we have listeners or maybe there are small church pastors out there who have tried things and failed and are now living kind of in fear of failing again. Well, you you know, you know, why are you banging your head? Well, because it feels so good when I stop. You know, we, we've heard those kinds of things before. You know what? You know, why, why are you doing that? Well, because it feels so good when I stop. Well, some people, they, they've tried a few times and they bang their head and it really hurts. Mm-hmm. They just stop trying because it feels so good when their head isn't hurting <laughs> so much. We've, you know, you and I have had, I, you know, I've tried to do things uh, that have crashed and burned or, or failed for a number of reasons. And I, I've told you in, in a moment of outrage I'm done. I'm done trying to do things. I quit trying to do yep. things. Like I'm fine. Whatever. I'll just mail it in. Then. Yep. We're just towing the line. Because apparently I'm a petulant child. That's how I interact <laughs> in our <laughs> discussions with each other. Don't admit it. But yeah, I'm sorry. Don't yeah, tell no, anybody. Nobody heard that. But yeah, we can feel that way about failure, and so we don't want you to feel that way. So here are three notes, points. I don't know. Have thoughts. We had thoughts. We like ideas. to have thoughts. Three ideas about failure. Well, because we're coming right up to the new year. Yeah. And, you know, some people plan for the for the school year, so their new year is like, you know, right. in August and September. And that's really when our new church year is. But sure. still, the calendar is going to change. It's going to say January 1st in a month. There's a sense of possibility in the air. Opportunity, potential. Yeah. And failure should not be seen as a negative. No. So what's the first thing we wanted to mention today? The first thought is failure means you're trying. If you're failing, good. Wow, that's profound, isn't it? I'm serious. I though. know, I know. People I can <laughs> I hear you all out there. Ooh, ah. Hey, John Maxwell made a lot of money saying things a lot less <laughs> profound than that. <laughs> that's so true. That's so true. So but failure means hey, you are like with Doug, you're pushing that ball toward the hoop. You know what I'm saying? Like yep. you're giving it a try. You haven't quit. You haven't mailed it in. You haven't had your spirit broken. Like that's important. That's like step one for pastors. We cannot be like sitting there thinking, I'm not even going to shoot this thing. I've missed so many. I'm not even going to shoot it anymore. And, And so every Sunday morning or Saturday night or whenever it is that you stand up or sit on the stool or whatever you do to deliver your message every week when you do that, you're trying. Yeah. You're trying again. Do you succeed every single week? Well, you succeed at trying because if you try every single week, then you're a success at trying. You may not succeed with every single message, but you will fail every single message you don't bother to give. And that's, that's just one area. Yeah. But, But you just apply that to every, every aspect of ministry. Well, we've all had some sort of change or plan blow up in our face haven't we i mean we've all had that many of them actually (laughs) yeah to where you're like i'm doing this and then it just explodes in your face and you you could say well you know i give up 
Or you could keep on trying because that failure means you're pushing the agenda. You are trying to move the ball down the field. Like That's so vitally important that we not lose our desire to move forward that we quit trying. So failure is a good thing because it means you got a pulse. You have a ministry pulse and you're still trying. And you haven't gotten so resentful, right? so bitter, so beaten down that you just stop trying. So, you know, the question is, for, for all of us is, you know, have we, have we gotten so bitter, you know, beaten down that, right. that we, that we aren't failing anymore simply because we're not trying anymore. Yeah. So the second thing we wanted to say was that failure requires courage. Yeah. It requires courage because every time we try something in ministry, there is a potential for failure. So we're putting our necks out on the chopping block. We're, we're, we're walking out on, on a limb, right? And yeah. the limb could break and we could fall to the ground. The guillotine could come down at any time. You know, we know this in local church ministry. We're not guaranteed next week. No. The elders or the deacons could meet. But aren't we're, we always telling people, step out in faith? Aren't we constantly telling people, you got to walk out in faith? We need to have the courage to lead them toward that. We have to demonstrate that in our own lives and say, hey, I have the courage that it takes to walk out in faith and let the branch break underneath me. Because it's going to sometimes. That's okay. That's scary. Well, it is what it is. Do, do you know, Johnny, I was in full-time ministry for 12 years before I had to actually act on complete faith. Before I actually had to make a decision that was extremely hard where I just had to trust God that, hey, I'm just going to do this because I know it's the right thing to do and God's going to be at the other end of it. It took me 12 years. So, yeah, you can be in ministry for a long time Hmm. and never have the courage to fail. Yeah. Never have the courage. Now, I'm not saying that for 12 years I didn't ever never tried anything, <laughs> right. but I That'd never story. I never I never did it. I never walked the rope without a net. Yeah. For 12 years. I remember my dad saying to a church, "Hey, I've been here X amount of years and uh, we haven't gone anywhere. You've seemed to not want to go anywhere. So for the next 12 months, if we don't move forward in these ways, I'm I got I'm walking out. Now what you know what a success I would say success is the church decides to do those things. Well, it was a failure in that the church didn't decide to do those things and my dad walked out. Now you could say that's a failure, but it's a success too. You know, it leads the way to a success because he had to be willing to take that step. It took courage to say I'm not going to deal with the status quo anymore. We need to move forward in real and tangible ways. That takes a lot of courage. I'm not saying hey, go to your church next Sunday and give some ultimatums. That's just an example of a very real time where, sure, my dad failed, but it took him steps towards success because he had to have that courage to do that. So let me ask you this question. When when is the last time you failed? When is the last time you have failed at something? And, and, And here's a question. Does the leadership in your church that works with you, do they allow failure? Hmm. Do they... Are they gracious about that? Are they like, are they okay with that? Because if they're not, boy, your your world is going to be really, really small, and your yeah. church is probably going to stay really small, not just in numbers, but just in influence and impact. Because yeah. we've already said that very small churches can have very big influence and impact in their communities. Yeah, it'd be really bad to be a really small church with a really small impact. And that will happen if leadership does not allow failure. So 
pastor as the leader, uh, you can lead the way in allowing failure by your ministry leaders and by the people who serve in your church and being gracious and always learning from it and then encouraging them to then allow you to try and maybe fail. The third thought, Jeff, success requires failure. Ooh, I thought success required success. That's kind of a negative thought, isn't it? Well, success requires failure. It does require failure, though, because nobody is successful on the first try at something. Maybe once in a million years you get successful. So I I gave an illustration to a group of college guys about Dr. Seuss sending his uh, manuscript for his book to all these different publishers. 28 publishers said no. Wow. And then the 29th one said yes. Lucky them. (laughs) (laughs) But he failed and failed and failed. But he didn't give up, right? He didn't quit. He kept on trying. And that success required failure. Like he had okay, he right. had to fail before he could succeed. Steve Jobs is like a perfect example of this. And we all know, right, Steve Jobs, the iPhone, all these things. But he also created a lot of products that kind of sucked, right, and failed miserably. He got fired from Apple for a while. You know what I mean? Now, do you, do you know what you call somebody who's successful on their first try? Lucky? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> you call them lucky. Yeah. So so we think that success requires failure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, I have a question that goes along with that. How many failures are required for success? Oh man. And the question for you is, how many failures can you handle Oof. before you're able to succeed? Some successes require a good amount of failures in the front end. And if you can't handle that many failures, you'll never be around for that success. How many failures are required for a big success? Maybe a lot. And it depends on what you want to do. Yeah. And the question is, do you have the courage, like we said earlier, to keep trying through those failures? We got a question. Are you afraid of failure? Have you failed so many times that you're afraid of it? Or are you a perfectionist and the idea of failure is just paralyzing. You know, I think that the people that are the most afraid of failure haven't experienced it that much. Yeah, that makes sense. They're they're afraid because of fear and they're afraid because of perceived failure. And maybe they failed once or twice and they didn't like it. But I think those who have failed over and over and over, Hmm. after a while you realize, you know what, what's the worst thing that could happen? You fail. You get failure callous. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like so. You, so you fail. You 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 get up. You dust yourself off, and you try again. And like they say, it's one less thing you have to try in the future because Un- you failed at it. Unfortunately, and you know, we focus on the positive mostly. Unfortunately, I think in the small church, sometimes a failure can be become personal and can hurt. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like some failures hurt, and people leave and get angry and all this kind of stuff. We feel you if you're there, beaten down. Right. We feel you. But don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. You have to keep on trying. Because when, cause when you stop trying, what are you doing? Well, you're giving up. We, we want to encourage you, but not encourage you to give up. We want to encourage you to try. Get back up because God has given you this opportunity, this church, these people to lead. You need to get back up and keep on trying. Yeah, you failed. We get it. Like that's That sucks. It hurts. But get back up, and you can keep on doing it. You know, I'm picturing a a basketball court or a football field where the game was only played, you know, on like a a certain percentage of that field Hmm. or just a certain quadrant of that court. 
and, and you just don't have as much room. You don't have as much freedom. You right. don't have uh, uh, as much space to use in doing what you're doing. And and places where you're not allowed to fail or, or places where failure brings pain. Uh, what did you say earlier that failure it wounds you? How, how did you put it? It hurts you? It hurts. It, it gets personal. Yeah. Right? So you fail and others around you make that personal. Right. And that's where, as a leader, you know, as as pastors, we have to lead the way in in congratulating people when they fail, in, <laughs> yeah. in highlighting failures in a positive way, and saying, "Hey, this person stepped out there. Hey, this person really tried. They they went out and they attempted something for God in our church, and they're to be congratulated. And we need more failures around here." Because failures mean we're trying, and only by trying do we ever get to success. Yeah, I think that that's the right idea, and that's the perfect that's the perfect thought I think to wrap up this conversation on. Because we know that that's true. If you think about the failures you've had and the failures other people have had in your church, you see the other side of it, and the fact that that strengthens them to do better the next time and the next time. And eventually you have that success breakthrough because you were willing to try because you had the courage to step out and because you weren't uh, allowing yourself to be afraid of doing it and that you were saying, I'm going to fail because success is on the other side of this failure and I'm going to go get it no matter what happens. That's leadership. And so based on that, I'd, I'd have another question. What have you stopped doing because you failed at it so many times in the past? Yeah. You know, maybe, uh, I don't know what it is. Maybe it's visiting new people. Maybe it's building a new relationship. Uh, maybe it's uh, uh, trying to teach a, a certain class or or disciple a certain group of people. Um, maybe you don't like hospital calls. Maybe you don't like to, to preach. Maybe you don't like to do funerals or do weddings. or I don't know. What is it in ministry that you failed at and you've just stopped trying? What are some things, Johnny? Can you think of anything that somebody might stop doing in ministry simply because they failed at it? Maybe you tried to have a special event once. Maybe you tried to have a community event and three people showed up. That happened to me one time. We, <laughs> me, honestly? Me and my junior high youth leader when I was in youth ministry, we planned a scavenger hunt oh, in the summertime all right. on a Saturday afternoon. I mean, we were going to go all over the community. We had we had drivers. We had cars ready to take kids places and all everything. Right. And three students showed up. Whoa. I mean, during the school year, we'd normally have 50 to 100, right? And that particular day, like three students showed up. Wow. Do you think we ever planned a scavenger hunt again? No, we didn't. (laughs) (laughs) Did you plan any events? Well, yeah, we did. We did plan other events. Well, there you go. We just never tried a scavenger. Now, now was it a scavenger hunt that was the reason they didn't show up? No, there was probably, you know... 52 reasons why kids But that's what I'm saying. You failed at an event. Sure, it's scavenger hunt. That's neither here nor there. You failed at this event, but you didn't say, well, I'm done doing events. You know what I mean? Right. Like, maybe you had a bad event. That's all right. Do it again. Try it again. What did you do wrong that time? Maybe you didn't advertise it enough. Maybe you didn't invite enough people. Who knows what you did wrong? Do it different. Do something different. Fix it and try again. What what are you not doing because you've failed? Just start doing it again. (laughs) I mean, it's that simple. You just step out, have courage put some faith into it and say, I'm going to do this again. And I'm going to do it again because it's that important. It's that important to the church. It's that important to the community. And so I'm going to step out and I'm going to do this. So no matter when it is, when you're listening to this right now for us, we're December 1, 2014. So we're 31 days away from the first of the year. Yeah. Um, 
no matter when it is, you've got some opportunities ahead of you. Are you going to keep trying? Or are you going to be afraid of failure? And are you going to let failure paralyze you to trying to get to success? And, and you know, we're talking about ministry. So the Holy Spirit is involved in this. Yeah. You know, Jesus builds his church. Yes. You know, he works. We are the body of Christ. There's a, there's a whole spiritual dynamic that is everything to what we're talking about. But God has also created us as, you know, individual people and, right. and as pastors, and we can decide to sit in our hands if we want to, or we can work with him and we can try to attempt things in his power yeah. and by his, uh, by, by his ability and by his grace. So we hope that you won't allow failure to be your, what's the word, Johnny, epithet? 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 That is a hard word. Ephrata? Epitaph? Epitaph? <laughs> Why are we trying to say this word? Let's let's pause the recorder and look it up. <laughs> I think it's epitaph. Yeah, that sounds good. Let's just say it's that. Don't let it be your epitaph. Let's not let's not let the failure be what's written on your tombstone. That's not a word that you say out loud. That let's is a just, written word. Let's just focus on trying. Yes. Trying. And you know what? Like we said earlier. Winners fail often. Yes. Successful people fail often. Yes. Because they're trying. And the, the small churches and small people with small or little or no influence, they are afraid of failure. And because of that, they never take a step because they think they'll fall. They, they never try because they think they're going to fail. Don't be that way. Don't be that way. Don't be that way. Stop it. <laughs> Seriously, though, don't be that way. Yeah, but you know what? You're in a small church. Congratulations. Yeah. You are in what is the majority of churches in America. The vast majority of churches are under 200 people. In fact, the vast majority are under 100 people. Small church, big, big influence. Big influence. Be a healthy church, be a healthy small church, and have a big influence in your community uh, through the body of Christ that is your church. Hey, thank you for listening today. We appreciate your taking the time. Uh, share the 200 Churches podcast with others using your social media of choice. Oh, wow. You could say social media du jour. Oh, huh? we so fancy. We have two days, Twitter and Facebook. And then we go back to Twitter and then Facebook. <laughs> All right. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode of the 200 Churches podcast. We hope you've been encouraged and challenged by this episode of the 200 Churches podcast. We'll be back next Wednesday to provide you with more ministry encouragement as you pastor your 200 church. Until then, may God bless you as you lead and love your people.